0: 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.
1: This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm J.D. Layton.
2: I'm Emily Moshek.
1: Only on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins.
2: Welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Moshak, and I am joined in studio by my co-host, J.D. Layton, and our reporter in training, Allison Tackett. We also have Kim Gabelline on the line, Senior Marketing Director at Bill Jack Foods, to share with us some tips and tricks to keep your pets safe during the holiday season.
1: It is the holidays, and there's a lot of... uh human food that's sort of going around and ending up on the floor, Um, what are, I guess, some of the best ways to sort of keep your pets safe in this type of scenario? And especially, like, what types of food should they stay away from?
0: Yeah, you know, the holidays are so much fun. But, you know, there are times when things can be a little bit more challenging with your best friends and all of your friends and family and the holidays and and all the celebrating that's going on. And so it's really important to try to um, make sure that you are keeping food, you know, not at the level that your dog is. Um, So, you know, trying to keep that, you know, either in the kitchen, on the kitchen table, um, you know, and making sure that your guests are aware of that. You know, I know that sometimes one of the things that I'll sometimes do is just I'll put a reminder on the door before everybody comes in the house, just saying, hey, um, you know, don't forget. Um, that, the, that the dog is, you know, a little bit friendly with food and loves food, and so please, you know, keep your plates <laughs> up on the higher counters and up on the table. Um, or, you know, you might want to think about the things that you're serving so, um, so that if they do get into something, there's less of a chance of them having an issue. Um, you know, of course, a lot of people know about chocolate, Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chocolate is yes. not a good thing for dogs, and so it's important to kind of keep the chocolate away from them and up, you know, up and out of their reach. Uh, but certainly there are other things that we kind of think are kind of common that are fine. Like, for example, grapes and raisins are not good for dogs. We don't really know why, but they affect them negatively. So it's important to kind of keep them out of, out of, um, out of harm's way. We also want uh, to watch for macadamia nuts. Hmm. Uh, they're also another one of those things that we're not exactly sure what is negative about them, but they're very um, very, very deadly, very toxic for dogs to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've, uh, I can tell you that I've had personal experience with having some of these issues. Um, I had a July 4th party, and my aunt was over, and someone put her purse on the floor, and my dog went in and ate a whole pack of her gum. Oh, no. And so I don't know if you guys know, but xylitol, which is uh, an ingredient... In a lot of sugar-free gums, is really very toxic to dogs. So a few pieces of uh, of gum even could be very toxic and could actually um, affect their liver negatively.
2: Oh yeah, that so, happened with my dog. He ate, oh
0: you did too? Yeah. Yeah, he, he ate did. some
2: gum accidentally, and I remember we had to take him to the emergency pet care like right away.
0: Yeah, and as long as you recognize that right away, I mean, a lot of times they're able to get that out of the dog's stomach, and then they're able, you know, able to watch the dog for a couple of days, but it's really important, as long as you know that some of those things are a challenge, at least if you know when your dog gets into them, then it's really important to be able to get them, you know, get them help right away. Was your dog okay?
2: Yes, Emily? he's all yeah. good now. Yeah, it's been a few years. He's all good, thankfully. Yeah.
0: And, and me too, so, so I think good. Really, it can always end well, right, if you, if you know that some of these things you know, can be a little risky. It's important to, to be able to know um, some of those things so that you can act quickly.
2: Definitely. What about um, meats and proteins and things like that, like turkey, ham, a lot of things those people will be having around Christmas time.
0: Yeah, you know, I think you know most most meat proteins are, are fine for dogs. I think the things you have to watch out for are things with bones. You mm-hmm. know, you don't want to be giving them a chicken bone or um, or a ham bone. You know, necessarily because that could again you know break off and, and could they a choke on that. Um, So it's important to kind of keep those things away from them. But most things, I think, from a protein standpoint, if they're going to get into a little bit of that, isn't necessarily going to be a big issue. Okay, you know, well, of course some some of it could upset their stomach, right? So you might have some stomach upset. You know, things that are high in fat, for example, can upset their stomach or can upset their pancreas as well. So right. it's so it's you know it's important again to kind of minimize the amount of opportunity they that they have with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and some people some people love to have their dogs around so they don't want to you know they don't want to put them to bed, for example, or in another room. You know, it really just depends on your dog and, and how you feel you know, how you feel they are when they're around people and, and how um and how your guests are, right? In terms of you know, uh, can they help you kind of try to keep your dog out of trouble
2: Hmm. so going along with the senior dog care how besides nutritional needs can you support your senior dog and if you are looking to adopt a senior dog what would your advice be for someone to go that route
0: Yeah, you know, I would certainly, and I can start with the adoption first. I mean, uh, senior dogs are oftentimes really fantastic pets, right? A lot of times they've, you know, they may have already been in a home. They've had the chance to kind of fine-tune their manners. um, You know, they may already be potty trained. They may already have... um, some, you know, some tips and tricks that they can do, like sit and stay. Um, and, and, you know, and, and even if they don't know all of those things, certainly um, there's, you, know, you you absolutely positively can teach an old dog new tricks, <laughs> you know. So, um, so you know, and, and a lot of times senior dogs are oftentimes, they're just, you know, they're just more, they're more laid back. You know, they're not as anxious as a puppy. Um, and so a lot of times that actually makes them even a little easier to train. Um, so, so you know, a lot of times they're comfortable with who they are. Um, they're kind of past all that chewing and middle of the night getting up and going outside. Um, so, so there's really a lot of really positive things. And, and, you know, just because you get a dog that's, you know, four or five or, or, you know, again, once you're starting to get into senior ages of, you know, eight or nine, um, you know, there can a lot of times... They have a lot of time left, right? They can be a fabulous dog. They can still be very active. And so there's a lot of really good reasons why you might want to have a senior dog around from a rescue or uh, from a shelter.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And, you know, and and in terms of the support that a senior dog may need, um, you know, there's really a couple things that you need to do. I mean, you know, first of all, just like, you know, any other dog, it's important to be able to get both physical and mental stimulation you know so just like us right it's good to be able to get out get the heart pumping a little bit you know um you know go out and see the sights and smells of the surroundings um you know that you know walks aren't just about really physically walking your dog but they're also about um being able to mentally stimulate them right because they get they get to meet other dogs they get to see other sights and smells so it's it's also very um, mental for them in addition to being physical and and you know and you maybe you maybe you're not going out for um for a run with them or, you know, or maybe a long run with them. But, you know, certainly they still need um, activity and exercise and and some time outside. So you you definitely want to be able to keep that up. You want to make sure that you're keeping their teeth clean because that's really a a really important part of of being healthy, you know, being able to brush them and and keep them clean. Um, Certainly there's also lots of uh, thoughtful accommodations you can make. Um, So for example, um, they may have a tougher time getting on the bed. Um, Do you guys let let your dog get up on the sofa or on the chair or, or sit next to you. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> there's yeah. There's no way I could stop them. <laughs> no. They're, they're... <laughs> it's too cute. <laughs>
0: yeah, See, like I can't resist that face either, right? So, so, so the same thing. Like, so you know, so sometimes it gets a little bit more challenging for them. So they might need, you know, there's like little stairs, oftentimes that you can get for them to make them, you know, so that they don't hurt oh. themselves jumping up or jumping <laughs> down. Um, you know, you might be able to um help them get into the car. So you might help them, you know, pick up, pick them up to get into the car. Um, they may have trouble going up the stairs. So again, you know. So doing some of those things can can sometimes help. Um, They may have some potty accidents, right, so you might need to get them outside a little bit more often. Or, you know, they make all kinds of, you know, pee pads that you can also use around the house. So a lot of times you can make life for them so much easier mm-hmm. and, and less stressful if you can just um, make a couple of accommodations. That I always call thoughtful accommodations to make uh, life a little bit easier for them to, to kind of get around and do things. Yeah,
2: that is so cute. I did not know they had doggy stairs. I'm just <laughs> picturing my dog from... <laughs> on the stairs. And I can't get over it. That is amazing. And, uh... Yeah, they're really cute. They're really cute and they're really <laughs> functional. So
0: they they make it really easy for a dog to get up and down, and you don't have to worry about them you know getting on and off the bed or up and down off the sofa. <laughs>
1: That's great. That's good. And uh, how does How would you say food and nutrition sort of play into a uh, healthy senior dog's life?
0: You know, I think nutrition is really a key foundation. You know, no matter what age your dog is, um, it's really kind of key to everything that's happening with them at that time. So, you know, it's really important. You know, a lot of times uh, with a senior food, um, the food is adjusted for their um, activity level. So maybe it has a little less fat. Um, it still, you know, maintains a decent amount of protein because they're as they get older. Um, some dogs tend to lose muscle mass, you know, just like people tend to lose muscle mass. So you're still going to want to have good, high-quality protein in the food, um, and you know, maybe a slightly lower um, fat ratio, and and you're going to want to have other things in there, you know, like like um, you're going to want to have omega fatty acids, like three and six fatty acids, to help maintain. Uh, their skin and coat, you know, so those are the kinds of things that you're going to want to look for. And and, and typically, you're going to see all those in in a good, solid, high-quality, premium pet food.
2: Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for being on the show and sharing all your advice with us. I know it'll be an awesome tip for our listeners who have pets and who are looking to get pets.
0: Yeah, well, great, and, and, if, and if you don't have one yet, now you, you might want to be able to think about going out and looking for one at a, at a shelter or at a rescue.
2: Definitely. Do you have anything else you'd like to add for our listeners to hear this holiday season?
0: Nope, just wishing you a happy and safe holiday season.
2: Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that was Kim Gableen, the Senior Marketing Director at Bill Jack Foods, giving us some tips on how to care for not only your senior dogs, but all of your dogs around the holiday season when they're trying to sneak some food off your holiday plate.
1: I don't know about you, Emily, but there's nothing more that I want right now than to hang out with my dogs. I know. Doug the Pug like, and, and I, Dude the Poodle Pointer. I wish those guys His were name here.
2: is actually Doug the Pug? It's
1: Doug the Pug.
2: Oh my gosh. That is amazing. <laughs> That's fantastic. I know. I wish they were in the studio with us, but it probably wouldn't be too good with them barking in the microphones.
1: Oh yeah, you could hear Doug's breathing from any corner of the room as a pug. (laughs) It's just (laughs) ew. And on that startling and breathtaking revelation, I think we're going to uh, take a quick break before we dive on into our local stories. And uh, I don't know. I've I've heard that there's been some uh, a thief caught in Boulder.
2: Yeah. Of a, of a
1: very peculiar thievery.
2: We do. We've got an an underwear thief.
1: So keep on that the dial <laughs> locked to find out what's coming up next on the Rocky Mountain Review. Only here on ninety point five KCSU Ford Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am your host, one of two news directors here at ninety point five KCSU. I am JD Leighton. I am joined in studio. By the co-hostest with the mostest...
2: <laughs> Emily Mashak. thank you for that lovely introduction. I liked that. Made me feel fancy.
1: As well as our reporter in training...
3: Allison Tackett. Yay! <laughs> We're excited to have you here today.
1: You won't always have that title. Eventually, we'll find something that fits, but...
3: Something neat. Yeah, <laughs> now. I think you'll get a cooler title. Every, like for now. Everyone
1: always does. And then we usually mess it up for about six shows. And then, uh, <laughs> and then it turns into something different. I but know. that's the way it goes.
2: And it's good. But yeah, so stick around, listeners, because you'll be hearing her a lot
1: next semester. <laughs> <laughs> After the legalization of marijuana six years ago, Colorado Public Radio reports Boulder County is now moving to seal and dismiss thousands of past marijuana possession convictions. The Daily Camera reports the Boulder County District Attorney Office as a part of a Moving On From Marijuana program has identified about 4,000 possession convictions dating from 2008 that would no longer be crimes under current law. Colorado Public Radio also reports Colorado state legislator last year passed a law that allows those convicted of misdemeanor use or possession of marijuana to ask to seal, not erase, criminal records if the past offense is not currently a crime. Boulder is taking that further with clinics uh, planned in January at the County Justice Center where people can have prosecutors look up their cases to see if they qualify. Colorado state's Boulder County Assistant District Attorney Ken Kupfner says it is an, a matter of fundamental fairness given the change in the law. He says the DA's office plans to eventually review older convictions as well. The Colorado reports the qualifying convictions must have involved possession of less than 2 ounces of marijuana and a small paraphernalia charges. Cases involving drug, drug distribution or other additional charges will not be considered, according to the Daily Camera.
3: CSU has been researching the West Nile virus with birds, and PETA is not okay with it. Professor Greg Ebel has been leading this research. PETA says the West Nile affects different bird species differently, which is why research shouldn't be conducted. They also say that because it affects birds differently than humans, the research is not beneficial. Alan Rudolph, the vice president for this research, told the collegiate he believes that this research is beneficial to the animals and human communities. Rudolph also says that his research team is meeting ethical guidelines, according to the APA. CSU has received 17,000 letters from PETA. A man who was previously accused of stealing
2: women's underwear from a CU Boulder dorm is now wanted for another disturbing crime, reports the Daily Record News. The man, who wears glasses and has a short beard, allegedly groped a young girl in a Broomfield store yesterday morning, according to police. After reviewing security camera footage where the man can be seen in a gray hoodie, police determined he was the same man who had stolen the underwear from the laundry room in the CU dorm. Police say he also committed other thefts and crimes in multiple CU residence halls. They urge anyone with information on the suspect to call Detective Dale Hamill at dhamill at broomfield.org or 303-464-5733.
1: That is creepy and disturbing on many levels. First off... Why would you want anybody's underwear? Like, I've never understood that. There's, like, I know some people get their kicks off of it. I I can get that. But, like, these are strangers. (laughs) Stop stealing strangers' underwear, dude. I don't know.
2: People are weird. And they have weird... Thanks. I don't know how to explain it. I'm trying to think of what words are appropriate for radio before I... A <laughs> weird imagination.
0: Yeah, right? Exactly. I'm like, I'm
2: not quite sure <laughs> what where to go with this sentence. But yeah, no, it's not good.
1: And Yeah, no, he's groping people. Um, yeah, it's uncool.
2: bad. Not cool. So call up Detective yeah. Hamill if you see this guy what in is, a gray hoodie with a short beard.
1: What is that number again?
2: The number again is 303-464-5733.
1: So speaking of being creepy, I uh, believe there's another bit of controversy leaning in from a good old Christmas song that might not be so good anymore.
2: Oh, this there is indeed. Baby, it's cold outside. That is, is indeed. is under fire. So keep that dial
1: locked for uh, what's coming up next Well, we'll be discussing that. We're going to take a quick break before we dive on into our national news. So keep that dial locked here on 90.5 KCSU And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am J.D. Layton, one of two news directors here at 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. I am joined in studio with my co-host.
2: Emily Mashak. hello. As
1: well as our very own reporter in training.
2: Allison Tackett.
1: And boy, oh boy, do we have some national news for y'all. If I can find my news sheet. (laughs) On November 30th, 2018, the 41st president of the United States, George H.W. Bush, passed away at the age of 94 in his home located in his hometown of Houston, Texas. According to CNN, in his last hours, Bush was asked whether he wanted to go to the hospital, according to a source familiar with the conversation. He had been hospitalized multiple times this year since his wife Barbara Bush's death on April 17th, and he had been dealing with a number of health issues over the year, including having a form of Parkinson's disease. He replied no when asked to go to the hospital. CNN reports that instead Bush said that he was ready to go and be with Barbara, his wife of 73 years, and their late daughter, Robin, who died of leukemia as a child. Bush will lie in state at the U.S. Capitol before a memorial service at the National Cathedral in Washington. A second memorial service will follow at St. Martin's Episcopal Church in Houston. Bush will be laid to rest at the George H.W. Bush Presidential Library in College Station, Texas, alongside his wife and Robin. CNN also reports that his last words were telling his son and former President George Bush, I love you too. I'm sad because, like, growing up in Texas, you always see George H.W. come out for, like, sporting events and things like that. He's always the dude who flips the coin. I don't get that anymore.
2: I know. It is is sad, especially, I feel like, our age as college students at a student radio station, I feel like George H.W. Bush is one of the, like, presidents that we really remember. One of the first ones that we still had alive in our lifetime. So, it was definitely... Sad to hear, but at the same time, being surrounded by your family at age 94. That was, I think, really sweet. While the power of pine salt might be great for your multi-purpose cleaning needs, it can also be very dangerous to consume, especially for preschoolers. That was almost the case in Hawaii last week, where a classroom assistant at a Hawaii preschool mistook a bottle of pine salt for apple juice, reports CNN. Inspectors say the assistant took the cleaning liquid from a cleanup cart in the kitchen and poured it into the cups for kids. The classroom teacher noticed the smell, recognized it was not apple juice, and stopped the children from drinking it. Paramedics were called to the school and three children were evaluated on site where no signs of trauma or sickness were detected, according to USA Today. The children were not taken to the hospital. The pine salt was propped. Properly labeled and in its original container, and there were no food or drink items on the cart from which it was taken.
1: What a terrifying mix-up. I'd be, you know, I'm glad I'm not a parent yet because that's definitely going to be one of the things that I will eventually worry about. One of these days will be like, oh man, is my child drinking pine salt instead of apple <laughs> juice?
2: Oh my gosh, I would hope not.
1: Yeah, that makes two of us.
2: Is Pine Saw the color of apple juice?
1: Yeah, it looks like apple. Have you never used Pine Sol?
2: No, is Do it like a dishwasher? No,
1: <laughs> no, it's like it's it's like a multi-purpose cleaning agent for no. for everything. Not
2: like Lysol. It, yeah, it's like Lysol.
1: It's made from like pine trees or something. Yeah, I don't it smells know. like the woods. Yeah, oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's good, but not to drink.
2: That would make sense, but yeah, that, that's bad. That's also probably another thing that you should keep away from your senior dogs. Y- yes. <laughs> we talked about it early. It's a good touchback. Yeah, touch back. yeah don't, don't give anyone pine salt. Just don't drink it.
1: You, use it to PSA. clean your counters. According to Amanu Aranju of CNN, after CIA director Gina Hapsil briefed senators on their findings into Jamal Khashoggi, and uh, they have accused the Saudi crown prince Mohammed bin Salman for being completely responsible for the journalist's death. Senator Bob Corker of Tennessee stated after the briefing, quote, He ordered, monitored the killing. If he were in front of a jury, he would have been convicted of murder in about 30 minutes, end quote. Currently, there is no concise response on how to deal with the situation amongst the White House and lawmakers because Saudi Arabia remains a key ally in the Middle East. The White House continues to defend its relationship with the nation and its prince. However, Senators Graham, Kennedy, and Durbin are working on a bipartisan bill targeting Saudi Arabia. And as always, we will continue to deliver updates as the situation develops, especially now that these details are sort of coming out, especially given the CIA briefing.
2: Definitely.
3: Protests against French President Emmanuel Macron have recently become violent. The protesters call themselves the Yellow Vests and are protesting Macron's economic reform plans. The Yellow Vests organize themselves through social media and are specifically protesting rising gas taxes and high cost of living, according to NBC News. Most of the protesters are from the middle class who pay high taxes in France. They think Macron's policies are helping the elite while forgetting about them. These protests point very much in Macron's direction as the French president has a 26% acceptance rate. Earlier this year, people protested his labor law reform, which made it easier to hire and fire employees. However, for the past two weeks, the protesters blocked highways and set barricades in order to slow down truckers. They have blocked access to 11 fuel depots with this method. The rioters torched cars and smashed into stores in wealthy French neighborhoods this Saturday, which caused 110 people to be injured in 300 arrests. The police sprayed water cannons and tear gas at the protesters. According to a Harris- Opinion poll, 7 out of 10 people supported the protesters. President Macron, however, says the violence has gone too far and will not change the gas tax increase. Macron says this measure will help France rely less on fossil fuels and encourage people to use electric cars instead.
1: It's it's interesting that these are happening right now because currently there is uh, the the next closest global uh, largest climate uh, summit going on and they, they when they decided on these decisions if i'm not mistaken was in the previous climate uh summit. So it's like oh wow. It's these uh these changes that they're shooting for for climate change or and like now there's protest and things it's it's weird. It's weird to see how that pans out.
2: i know i guess it is kind of weird in a way, because I feel like in elections, when we hear political decisions being made, we just kind of forget about it and expect it not to actually happen. But but
0: they do happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm interested to see how all of this pans out, too, especially given France was super contested in its own election. But that's neither here nor there. We have some other sad news. Uh, last week, the SpongeBob creator passed away. Uh, that was a Steven Hellenberg, which is, it's sad. I grew up on SpongeBob. SpongeBob was my my, my guy. He, he gave me that that good comedy. And I one of the things I <laughs> good always...
2: it was It's good, good wholesome comedy of a, comedy of a
1: sponge is. who liked to, to grill.
2: No, it is good comedy. I love SpongeBob.
1: And I think one of the most telling parts about SpongeBob was its music. So as an homage to that, our very own Mia Swaya has a little music piece on SpongeBob's music coming up later in our show, so keep that dial locked for that. But up next, we have our very own discussion on the sort of controversy-facing Baby It's Cold Outside. If you guys want to hop on in that discussion, you can always call or text in at 970-491-5278. We'll be taking a quick break, but that's what we'll be in next on the Rocky Mountain Review. Hello and welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, I am your host, J.D. Layton, and I'm joined in studio with my co-host,
2: Emily
3: Moshek,
1: as well as our very own reporter in training,
3: Allison Tackett,
1: and our sports director, Ray McGowan, and we're all gathered here for a uh, an interesting discussion on a Christmas tune that, you know, I honestly hadn't thought about too terribly much, but now it's definitely taking some flack. You want to fill us in on the details?
2: I will. The song is Baby It's Cold Outside, which is that famous duet. And I'm not going to sing. I don't sing, but it's the like, I really can't say. <laughs> Baby it, It's Cold Outside. Okay, that song now, you all know. And it's, I don't have It's to
1: the sing. one that uh, Will Ferrell and Zoe Deschanel <laughs> yes, sang in the shower elf, scene in Elf, which is which creepy is in it of itself. It's creepy now,
2: especially because of this discussion. But anyway, in light of the hashtag MeToo movement, of 2017 to 18-ish, people now find the lyrics to Maybe It's Cold Outside to be more rapey and less cute, and they basically are saying that the song promotes date rape, and so a lot of radio stations, including Colorado's own Cozy 101 station, which plays Christmas music 24-7, pretty much the whole month of December, has banned that song completely off their airwaves, so there will be no more Will Ferrell. And Zoe Deschanel.
1: I don't think they're playing the their version. Well, they're not.
2: But they do have a Zoe Deschanel version that they play.
1: Well, if you guys want to hop on into the argument on, you know, what you think? Do you think, uh, yay or nay? Should it be remo- removed? Do you understand what, uh, you know, why or or not? You could always call or text in 970-491-5278. I guess for me, if I'm gonna just uh, jump on in. I think that yeah I understand that it's it's pretty it can be pretty creepy but man that is definitely a christmas song and I think of that song when I think of christmas and I like I don't know if I can remove that stigma and I don't necessarily like take it to the light that like I like unwanted sexual advances I just think it's a christmas song
2: I wouldn't even say that they're unwanted really in the song I feel like maybe I'm reading too much into the subtext but I feel like the girl in the song even though she's saying that she wants to go i think it's pretty clear that she's actually really down to stay
1: uh, yeah and it's it's from a movie if i'm not mistaken and probably I, that's usually I how these christmas things goes we research <laughs> we have to research into the christmas music that's how a lot of christmas songs are is they're from mu- movies
2: yeah i guess that's true
1: but uh i don't know i, I feel like it's not near as bad and i think it's getting blown a bit out of proportion and the fact that it's getting banned from radio stations is ridiculous
2: yeah well i guess the reason apparently a lot of people are calling in and like being like are very offended and angry so i guess they had enough listeners complain to take it off the air huh
1: what do y'all think uh
2: uh
4: it's to me uh sure i would i would say that is i mean i i enjoyed i joined the song um but then again, I enjoy a lot of Christmas songs, and there are, I think, plenty out there that, in all honesty, you wouldn't really miss it. And I mean, is, is this one song being banned from the, the thousands and thousands of Christmas songs out there going to affect you that much to get you out of, like, what people say, the Christmas spirit? Like I mean,
2: I mean not the whole Christmas spirit, but I love this. <laughs> it, I I enjoy the song
4: too, but like when you read the the lyrics, like there's a part where she says the answer is no, and he goes you're very pushy, you know, and he says I like to think of it as opportunistic, and there are some, of course the song was was written I think in, in the 1940s, yeah, uh, but with in today's age it's like all right this is this is kind of creepy. It's like, uh, it's like, it gives you the, like when reading it, it gives you a feeling of like seeing an elderly man hit on a a college girl. You're like, this is weird. This is creepy. I do not like this at all. But when you listen to it, you enjoy it. I think it's just the lyrics, the the part that just gets everyone really off.
1: Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Do you think maybe like having... Uh, and I don't necessarily think this will fix it or anything like that. I'm just throwing this out there as, as food for thought. But it's like maybe prefacing it with like, "This is a, like a historical song." There's some there's some things that they do that were not cool, but here they are. It's Christmas.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, it's creepy if you think of it as a young college girl and like an old man trying to coax her in to staying inside with alcohol but the song was originally written by a man and his wife like they were married and they wrote it together as a couple so i feel like and again i guess i can't speak for them back then but the intent if they were in an actual healthy marriage would not be to write a terrifying song about how he's trying to seduce his wife with alcohol (laughs)
5: I don't God. know. You know what I mean, though?
4: Well,
2: the so- I don't
5: know.
4: The song was written, was, was written by a man and his wife. It was to signify it. They would sing the song in order to signify that the, the party was over. And it was time for people to leave. But then when you listen to the lyrics where they talk about how uh, she, again, when she says the answer is no, and then she also goes, well, what's in this drink? Oh, maybe I'll have another dr-. Like it's You're like, all right, this is not okay for this day and age. And I think the fact, I mean... I understand it's a historical piece. At this point, I mean, it's won an Academy Award uh, in terms of uh, the it was made into like a a movie, and and it just I think it I think there's enough songs out there to where you really don't have to worry. If you want to play on your own personal playlist at home, I'll say sure go for it. But if there's enough public outcry to where they people are taking off the air, I think there are plenty of radio songs out Christmas songs out there where you don't have to worry.
1: Fair enough. What about you?
3: <laughs> um, honestly, I haven't really like looked into it that much to really have like a say either, like ban it from all the radio stations or keep listening to it. So I don't really have a have a side, I guess.
1: All right, all right.
2: I feel I don't know. I guess I see Ray's point.
1: No, I completely understand, and uh,
2: but uh, I don't know. I feel like it. I don't. I'm trying to think of a good way to say this. You talk, JD. Well, I think of a good way to phrase my words that makes me sound better than what
1: I'm. Oh, about we to say. actually have a uh, had a listener text on in. So here's what they have to say. I'm with Emily. I think it's clear from the context that the girl wants to stay. However, I think that individual radio stations have the right to choose to play or ban it. And if we can avoid offending people, that's good. That's a solid point, listener. That is Brandy a good point. That's you. such a
2: nice way to say that. That
1: is, yeah, no. That th- was what
2: I was about to have said, and then the listener said it so th- much better. Th- yeah, so thank you, that's lovely a g- listener.
1: A good point. It should be definitely the radio station's own discretion, and uh, you should probably understand the the demographics who listen to your station. Yes. Are they going to hate it or love it?
2: That is true, and I do think. I mean, yeah. Ultimately, for most of those radio stations, it was a business standpoint. I mean, if no one was going to protest. They wouldn't have pulled the song. It was mostly just people threatening to stop listening to the station. So I definitely understand that, but I do think, while well, even though it could be appropriate in this day and age, I really think it's only appropriate if you take the song out of context. And to me, I don't. I think the Me Too movement is very important. I think it brings awareness to a lot of issues. But I think when we take that and focus on a, a Christmas song that was written with the intent to be about a playful relationship between a man and a woman, and not rape at all, that it kind of cheapens the actual movement when we could be putting our energy not into Christmas songs, but into helping actual victims of assault and rape.
1: Yeah, and that's a. I think that's a good point. It's. A, it seems to be a very similar one to, we had a, a similar discussion earlier this year where uh, I forget the actress's name, but she doesn't want to read uh, princess oh, stories to her yes. children. because She thinks
2: Snow White is rapey yeah. because the prince kisses her while she's sleeping
1: right yeah and i I think you should just i think it's important to understand the context i suppose and to understand that by scrutinizing it too terribly much you sort of devalue these movements and their, their their modes
2: that's what i think the problem is it's just and even if you look at the context of the song and still decide that it really doesn't jive with you like that i can totally respect but i just don't feel comfortable when people take no context and just kind of jump on something because I think that can actually be really dangerous, especially with these movements like this and situations like this where there's a lot of two sides, there's a lot of he said, she said. And when people just act right away with emotion and anger, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be angry, like these are things you should be angry about and you should be emotional about. But I think people tend to just ride with what those emotions are bringing them and not actually look at the actual context of what happened in the situation. And I think that can definitely be dangerous.
1: Well, I think that's going to wrap up our round table on this discussion. If you guys have one final thing you'd like to hop in and say, our number is 970-491-5278. You can always call or text in and be the last say in this here discussion. But I think right now we're going to pass that mic right on to Ray and do a little bit of sports talk.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yay. <laughs> <Sports> <laughs> there talk. you go, sports talk. Uh, so this past weekend, the CSU women's volleyball team traveled up to Pullman, Washington for the NCAA Women's Volleyball Tournament, where in the first round they faced off against the SEC Tennessee Volunteers. In that matchup, Colorado State got off to a very strong start, taking the first two sets, 28-26, to 26, and then 25-20. to 20. They did a fantastic job. Keeping that lead, however, is the second half of the game where things started to turn a bit sour. Tennessee made a quick switch in terms of one of their players, and CSU was unable to adjust and lost those three sets in a row, 18-25, 21-25, and 12-15, having Tennessee making an improbable comeback to knock CSU out of the first round of the NCAA tournament. Later on, Tennessee would go on to play Washington State, who had the home court advantage, and Washington State won 3-1 to one in sets. Of course, for CSU, Coach Tom Hilbert said, we're disappointed to lose this match, but we had a wonderful season. In a match like this, that's one and done, you have to look at what's positive. We played really well this year, really improved in different areas, and I thought tonight, for probably 60% of this match, we were playing at a really high level. Of course, CSU did have a fantastic season. They won the Mountain West Championship for the second season in a row and, of course, made it to the NCAA Tournament again. Uh, however, something that has always plagued the CSU team is they've been knocked out in the first or second round of the tournament. Last season, when when CSU made it to the NCAA Tournament, they were knocked off by home court advantage team Stanford and were sent home. However, it's been a fantastic season. They did a really excellent job, and they have plenty of defenders that they have recruited over the season that have committed to CSU and played. And that's something that Tom Hilbert says they they're going to focus on coming this off season.
2: You know, I'm I'm proud of our Rams, though.
1: I'm still sad, though.
2: It is they sad. They did it so
4: good. They went so far. It was it was a very impressive game. It was it was incredible to to see and call.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I mean. That it was the biggest comeback I've ever seen in in my life, coming especially in, from the NCAA tournament. And Tennessee is no team to to laugh at. They only lost six games in the season, and they're in the in a Power Five conference in the SEC, which really re- has some of the top teams in college volleyball. So yeah. they did a fantastic job.
2: Yeah, I think that's awesome. I mean, of course, it sucks that it didn't quite turn out the way we had hoped for, but. I mean, it's awesome that they were able to still not only like, kick butt the whole season, but still put in a strong game.
4: Yeah, and, and a lot of questions happened when we lost a lot of uh, seniors over the last season. We lost Jasmine Hanna, who you know had had a record for the... Phenomenal. The, yeah, she had the most kills in, in CSU women's volleyball history, uh, as well as losing uh, Sonia Cheesemich. So it was a bunch of young players like Chrissy Hillier and Brianna Runnels and... Coming this off season, there's not a single person on that team we're going to lose. They're all, they're all juniors or sophomores or even freshmen. So we're keeping basically everyone. That's good. Yeah, it's fantastic for us. We're in a great situation.
1: So given that, what do you what are you expecting for uh, next season? What do how are you expecting our women's volleyball team to perform?
4: I would say at the same level, if not better. Uh, they they're doing a fantastic job, and the one issue that they had. The season is just defense, and it was evident losing three sets in a row to Tennessee. And with how they've recruited this past season and getting high school players that are incredible at defense, I think they're gonna they're gonna win the Mountain West again. And I think they're gonna make it to this, at least the second round next year. And I think that's one thing that Coach Tom Hilbert knows he he wants to do. That's something he personally wants to to get past because he's been plagued by. Now having those small runs in the NCAA tournament, he wants to make it past the second round, get into the Sweet 16, and maybe even the Elite Eight with this CSU team. And I know he knows that he's capable of doing it,
1: especially with the squad that's going to come up next season.
2: That's exciting. That is
1: exciting. I'm super stoked. I love. I am. Watching I never thought I'd Rams.
2: say I'm excited for Ram sports after football, but yeah. <laughs> I am. I am now. Yeah, so, getting football.
4: And for for football, I mean, we'll, we'll see how that goes because. Yeah. Uh, Joe Parker said that uh, we are keeping head coach Mike Bobo for next season, which I think he's most absolutely on the hot seat. and I think this is more of a financial reason
1: because we would have to pay Mike Bobo $8 million
4: buyout in order to get rid of him.
2: Holy crap.
4: And CSU does not
1: have the money. so Yeah, isn't he the, the highest paid uh, public employee in Colorado? Yes.
2: That's what I'm saying. I need to become a football coach like that.
4: Well, it takes a lot of years to get
2: to I know was like I have to be good at football. First. You have to yeah. you have to start that's that the problem. now. Touchdown. Yeah. Fumbles. <laughs> so,
4: so we'll see how Sack. Yeah, so we'll <laughs> see how stop. next season. We'll, we'll see how next season goes for CSU and Joe Parker released a statement and sent it to everyone here at CSU as a student as well as to the general public saying that they are committed to winning knowing that's most likely knowing the fact that uh, we think that the reason is that he didn't fire him was financial reasons. But he said that that CSU is always committed to winning and plans to win. And in my my eyes, I think this means this might be the last season of Mike Bobo uh, if he does not turn it around.
1: That that sounds about right. What about uh, basketball? And that's, a, that's a going to be a starting up. Yeah. What can we expect this season?
4: Basketball's doing a fantastic job. We, we are under head coach Nico Medved. Uh, sadly, over this past weekend, we lost to... Colorado which is always disappointing however We I believe this is gonna be it's gonna be a fun season more than anything I I cannot tell if we're gonna be great or not we have Nico Carvaccia who's a monster in the paint He's fantastic and we have some nice shooters. However, our depth in terms Of our team is just isn't very good. I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch He is deaf our Nico Meve is definitely about reigning in the threes three-pointers and letting Nico Carvacho have fun on the boards. So we'll see how the players adapt to it. I think it'll be I think it's fantastic to watch this team. However, I'm not sure exactly how the season might turn out yet.
1: Uh-huh. All right. Well. I suppose we'll have more updates coming sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's time to get into that little bit of remembrance piece on the creator of Spongebob by our by our very own Mia Sawaya, only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins.
5: Stefan Hillenberg, the creator of Spongebob SquarePants, died last Wednesday, so it's a sad time for goofy goobers everywhere. And I really mean everywhere. According to an NPR article, the cartoon has been translated in over 60 languages. Hillenberg passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease, or ALS. His creativity and positive message of friendship and inclusivity will be missed. Quite possibly the most famous song from Spongebob was the Campfire Song song. It inspired elementary kids all over the country to engage in friendly competition. The song encourages singing the lyrics as quickly as possible and always makes for a good time.
3: Let's gather round the campfire and sing our campfire song. R-C-A-M-P-F-I-R-E-S-O-N-G song. And if you don't think that we can sing it faster, than you're wrong. But it'll help if you
5: just sing along. Another iconic song from SpongeBob is the fun song. Although Plankton is continuously trying to put a damper on everyone's mood, Spongebob's endless positivity doesn't give up. Throughout the song, Spongebob explains how to have fun, and by the end, Plankton uncharacteristically has a tingly feeling in his heart. This song embraces the power of positivity and inclusivity.
3: F is for friends who do stop together. U is for you and me. Try it! And is for anywhere and anytime at all. Down here in the deep blue sea.
4: Wait. I don't understand this. I feel all tingly inside. Should we stop?
5: No, that's how you're supposed to My favorite song from SpongeBob has to be the Goofy Goober Rock. This song was played in the SpongeBob movie and encourages individuality with the lyric. So if you're thinking that you'd like to be like me, go ahead and try. The kid inside will set you free. This song reminds us that cool is just a standard from society. We're all goofy goobers and there's nothing wrong with us. I appreciate Stefan Hillenberg's positive mindset and contribution to the world's culture. May he rest in peace. I'm Mia Sowaya, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review only on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins.
1: As this Goofy Goober, I am very sad. I am J.D. Layden. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. So this is Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong
2: song. We're talking about Spongebob, right? Oh, man. <laughs> but I'm Emily Moshek. I'm um, Allison Tackett. i Ray McGowan. i Ray McGowan. But um. I know. I, I really am sad about this, actually. Spongebob was part of my childhood. I know all of his songs by heart. Which oh, yeah. Which might be embarrassing. I don't know.
1: I will let in on an embarrassing fact because I have no shame. So I loved the Spongebob movie so much that I had to purchase the soundtrack. And mind you, as a CD, and I listened to said CD every night before I went to bed.
2: Before you went to bed?
1: Before I went to bed. Yeah, you throw on your own tunes. you I, guess, relax, you I feel like that's a, a
2: hype CD. Did you hear that last song?
1: Yeah, it You're is like definitely it is <laughs> definitely a hype CD. That's probably why I don't sleep anymore. It's because the... SpongeBob. <laughs> Spongebob.
2: SpongeBob. SpongeBob gave JD <laughs> insomnia. <laughs> oh, I agree, though. It is, it is a bummer.
1: It makes me sad. It's, I know. I'm,
2: the end yeah. of an era. Are they I'm, still making the episodes? They then? are
1: still making the episodes.
2: I don't know how I feel about that. I actually saw one of the really Are new ones on accident, and it was weird. I
4: thought they stopped. I don't know. I thought know. they recently stopped. They oh, okay. might have. I am... But it's like a
2: newer-ish one, and it was yeah. weird. And not like in a Spongebob weird way. I was like, this is actually just weird.
4: Because I'm pretty sure like that was like the one thing is like they, they stopped making new episodes. That they're like, okay, we're done. We can do reruns, but we're... Mm-hmm. I think Spongebob is, is like done making new ones. And like I think that happened like a couple months ago, and now with this one too, with this it's like man poor spongebob
2: man i know i feel like it'll always be on tv though it's gonna be like one of those it's like the golden girls the golden girls (laughs) yeah you just accidentally
1: stumble on it and you're like oh man they're still airing this or mash
2: yeah oh my gosh mash
1: is from the 60s and you can still watch every episode
2: I know. As much as you
1: want. MASH is really good. It is a good show, though. I will admit to that.
2: I agree. I agree. Well, I think all of us who grew up watching SpongeBob are going to definitely remember it and appreciate it. So thank you to Mia for her lovely little tribute.
1: Yeah. Well, it is that time of the show where we start to wrap everything up and we begin to say our goodbyes, but not before we hit the best part. I know you've been waiting for it. I know I've been waiting for it. I know Ray's been waiting for it. Yes, it's time for weather. So you already know that today was a bit. It was. It was a bit cold. You know. A, a you bit. Could, yeah, it was a bit chilly out. It's you could freezing. Really... Sorry, you. You said how excited I am. I'm
4: really excited. Go
1: for it. See, now he's <laughs> thrilled. Yeah, it was a bit cold. Uh, we had a, a high of 40, a low of 14, but you already knew uh, that you were outside. You felt that. Tomorrow, prep yourself, because we aren't going to see the sun at all. We might have gotten a little bit of that today, but it's going to be cloudy. high yeah, 40 and a low
2: of 17, so it's
1: not quite as bad as today.
2: There's no sun.
1: But there's no sun. It's gone. Forever. Forever. Forever and ever. And Thursday, <laughs> it's looking like, <laughs> I'm sorry. But that winter chill is here to stay, and it's even colder. A high of 28 and a low of 20, and it'll be partially cloudy.
2: I feel like that's, uh. that's not colder.
1: 28 degrees is definitely colder oh, crap. than 40 degrees. I was degrees. thinking of the lows. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I
2: got confused. I was like, that is a warmer. 20, 40. This is why I'm a journalism major, so I don't have to do math. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs>
1: and on that startling revelation, we will bid you all adieu to our lovely listeners. I'm J.D. Layton, and from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you for listening to this Rocky Mountain Review. This will be my last one for the semester.
2: Oh, oh that was Ray. I thought it was Allison at first, no. and then I was like, oh, wait, her no, mouth's not moving. It is me. I was like, oh, boy. Oh. I know. I'll miss you, J.D. I know. Gosh.
1: I know. I'll miss me, too.
2: Good. I'm glad. I'll be back
1: next semester I will be back next semester The show's just... not
2: going anywhere, so you're not off the hook yet, listeners
1: It's true, it's true I'd like to say thank you to Emily Aww,
2: As thanks. well
1: as a thank you To our uh, a reporter in training As well as to our sports director Oh, stop Aww.
2: And thank you to Mia Sawaya And Katie Otter and Gabe Peterson For their lovely reporting
1: I know, without them, the show wouldn't be possible And without you We wouldn't want to do it that was to the listeners, Aww. as well as Aww. thank you, Kim Gablein, for all yes. of your uh, lovely information regarding senior pet care, as well as tips and tricks for food. Stairs for, your for pets.
2: pets. They I have stairs for pets.
1: Any opportunity I can get to talk about my puppers is a good opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we have the underdog, By Gum, only here on 90.5 KCSU, Ford Collins.